Dundee on the bright wide River Tay. The young Mary Shelley stayed here in 1812. She was sent for her health. Dr. Klein, a prominent London physician, first suggested she try Ramsgate, but then sent her to convalesce in Dundee for the bathing. Mary suffered a skin disease that left her arms scarred and scaled. So serious, she sometimes had to wear a sling. In her introduction to Frankenstein, she wrote that, as a girl, she passed a considerable time in Scotland. I made occasional visits to the more picturesque parts, but my habitual residence was on the blank and dreary northern shores of the Tay near Dundee. Blank and dreary on retrospection, I call them. They were not so to me then. She lived with the Baxters, a family whose land, many years later, would be the site of Dundee's royalty cinema, where, in the early 1930s, the public would see Mary Shelley's creation brought to life, immortalised by Boris Karloff. During the years that Shelley stayed at the Baxters, whaling ships set sail from Dundee. She may have witnessed gruesome scenes on the quay, where not only the huge carcasses of whales were hauled up, but walruses, seals, even polar bears. Women scrubbed the whale bones and blubber was barreled up and taken from the harbour to the boiling yards. Bodies butchered on an industrial scale. Frankenstein begins as a series of letters written by Captain Robert Walton to his sister. Walton is an explorer, a man who, like the crew of those whaling ships, took his ship to the Arctic. The first time the creature appears in the novel, it is driving a pack of dogs across the ice. Mary Godwin met the poet Percy Bysshe Shelley. As he was already married, they were ostracized. She would eventually marry him, but he would die a few years later. Mary remained an outsider for the rest of her life, an outsider, scarred and ostracized. Her imagination conjured a doctor, a modern Prometheus who stole fire from the gods. The creature he created howls in horror. What beauty there is in the world. The creature smashes through the doors of Dundee's V&A. The museum sits like a ship on the quay. The creature thinks he can escape his torment, a ship to travel north to purity. He stands before a display of flax, linen, and jute. His tortured mind tries to understand why tweed jackets are presented next to framed portraits of famous comic characters, or a musket, wellies, or furniture designed by Charles René Mackintosh. He punches through a display in the museum shop, steals a V&A chocolate bar, a mug, there's nothing here he understands. His boots stomp down the main street. He's seven foot tall, chased by a girl who smirks and loads a catapult. It's desperate Dan, cow pie scoffing, a chin made from testosterone and beef. Desperate Dan, a genetically modified monster of hormone pumped beef. He eats cattle whole, kicks cars into the tay. Minnie the minx at his heels, she pulls back her loaded catapult. 
Where is my creator? He howls. Mary Shelley hides behind the settee. Desperate Dan, a character from Dundee's Dandy. Minnie the Minx from the Beano were created here in Dundee. Their statues commemorate a golden age of children's comics. DC Thompson, founder of the comics publishers, was fiercely anti-union and was outspoken against the Member of Parliament for Dundee, one Winston Churchill. Monsters, ghosts of butchered whales, floating like zeppelins, reflected in the wide waters of the Tay, like speech bubbles. Dundee has given the world all these. Dundee has also given the world its marmalade and its jute. Dundee is known as Jutopolis. It was the centre of the jute industry which, at its peak, employed 50,000 people. Jute, a vegetable fibre grown in Bengal and in the Ganges Delta, was imported. The discovery that when soaked in whale oil, the fibre could be spun into fabric revolutionised its production. The streets think of death, blubber and oil. The jute industry in Dundee dies. Is reborn in India, makes sandbags used to construct the trenches in World War I. The ghost of William McGonagall, the world's worst poet, giggles from the riverbank. McGonagall, who grew up in Dundee, worked as a weaver, considered himself to be a poet of great merit. He wrote to Queen Victoria, requesting her patronage. He received a polite letter of refusal, which he somehow construed to be encouragement. McGonagall walked 60 miles from Dundee to Balmoral, over treacherous mountains and through thunderstorms, announcing himself as the Queen's poet. He was told Tennyson was the Queen's poet and was turned away. His poem, The Tay Bridge Disaster, is a masterpiece of bad verse and even worse taste. Beautiful railway bridge of the Silvery Tay, alas I am very sorry to say that 90 lives have been taken away on the last Sabbath day of 1879, which will be remembered for a very long time. And yet he outdid himself with his poem, The Tay Whale recounting how this poor creature, finding itself in the Tay, is hunted down, killed, and put on show. Then hurrah for the mighty monster whale, which has got 17 feet 4 inches from tip to tip of a tail, which can be seen for a sixpence or a shilling, that is to say, if the people are willing 